welcome to Student Radio Maastricht on RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. Uh, this is Aki, uh, well, your co-host and tech for today, here in the studio with Elena. Hello. And our guest for today, um, Alicia. Yes. Alicia. But Alicia. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. We were here. Um, the name of the song you listened to was called uh, Johnny Kot, which means the black cat in yeah. Polish. Correct. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, and yeah, here we are. Um, so yeah, you're here with this is Alicia, um, representing Zabobon, and yeah, tell us tell us about what this group is. Um, yeah, so basically, we are representing a campaign from Amnesty the Netherlands, um, and we are bringing it to Maastricht. And yeah, Zabobon is a black cat that we use as the mascot for the campaign. Um, basically, the aim of the campaign is to inform people about what's going on in Poland at the moment. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of issues that Amnesty is really caring about. Uh, and we want to inform about those issues, but in a way that's a bit yeah, quirky, fun, and also introduce a little bit of the culture and, you know, today a, a bit of the music as well. So yeah, that's our aim. Nice. Good to hear. Um, yeah. So what, what exactly has been going on in Poland recently, actually? A lot of stuff. Yeah, there is really a lot of issues. Today we are mostly covering three areas. Um, so first we'll talk about the access to abortion um, and women's rights. Um, then we'll also touch upon the LGBTQ plus community and what's going on. And lastly, the judicial freedom and the freedom of media. Nice. So, well, that's that makes it four. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I find it interesting that um, your ma- you chose a black cat as your mascot, though, because at least in American culture, they're often kind of seen as um, not the safest creatures to be around. They're kind, there's like these superstitions about like, if you see a black cat and it crosses your path, you're going to get bad luck or things like this. Um, yeah. Tell us about how you chose this as your mascot. Yeah, that was actually the main idea because literally Zabobon means a superstition. Um, so we chose this, this symbol because it is a very popular superstition. And we also think that, you know, by educating people about what's going on and everything, you kind of maybe fight those superstitions a bit. You make people more aware of what's going on. And yeah, you know, with knowledge, the fear maybe goes away a bit. Um, yeah, and we just also found it a, a very cute mascot to have, to be honest. I definitely, definitely, definitely agree. I love cats and black ones are, you know, I know the a lot of times black cats are the ones that are the least adopted from shelters, unfortunately, because of these kind of superstitions around them. But what other kind of superstitions are there in Poland that, you know, might that that might be represented by this group or? Yeah. Yeah, we actually wrote about them a bit. One that is very nice and funny, maybe a bit, is that elephants bring you luck. So while cats are unlucky, then elephants would bring you luck. So for example, you can have a little figure of an elephant, but it's also important that the the trump is lifted and then it brings luck, apparently. Huh. Interesting. Oh, like the trunk, if the trunk is lifted trunk. up. Yeah. yeah. Ah, that's, I think I might have heard that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know much about these things, but it sounds, it, it's, fasc- it's very fascinating and, huh. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, are there any other kind of superstitions that... Yeah, yeah, for example, um, if you walk under a ladder, that brings bad luck, apparently. Uh-huh. So, I don't know, don't do that, <laughs> I guess. Um, I mean, there are also those very obvious ones, like the the shamrock, you know, also brings luck. Um, or red underwear, apparently, is also a thing that if you have an exam and you're not really sure, just wear red underwear and it's going to be fine. Red underwear. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Huh, that's... Interesting. That's something that I've never really heard of before, but I guess it makes sense. I mean, I guess maybe something, maybe, I don't know. 
it's a very interesting thought at least. Um, yeah, but it is about time to go to our next song, um, which is, okay, can you please introduce it? Because I do not know how to pronounce this yeah. at all. Um, so it's uh, by Łukasz Wyczkowski and um, Piontarano, which means the fifth, the five hour in the morning. I don't really know. Um, the song is called To jest mój rock and roll, which means this is my rock and roll. Um, and it's a bit about the gray reality in Poland, but also why people still decide to stay. Ah, nice. Okay, well, yeah, uh, this the name of the, this is the song. Um, this is my rock and roll. I'm just going to say the English translation of the name. Um, hope y'all enjoy.
Welcome back to Studio Radio Maastricht. I'm Elena, your co-host for today. And we just listened to a song by Lukasz Witkowski. Sorry for my bad uh, pronunciation. And uh, the name of the song translates to This is my rock and roll. We were just saying this was some nice, nice rock in the break. And today our episode is a little bit different because... Uh, it was organized, as we were saying earlier, in uh, collaboration with uh, Zababon, this initiative uh, supported by Amnesty NL uh, regarding what's happening in Poland. And today we have here in the studio Alicia. And uh, we were also supposed to have uh, a second guest, Karolina. But unfortunately, she is not in Maastricht, so she sent us some recordings. Uh, so, I think we're going to listen to the first one, correct? Yes, very correct. Um, the understand it's about reproductive and women's rights and the situation in Poland surrounding that. So, yeah, hope you'll um, yeah, hear, listen to Karolina speak. Abortion has always been a burning issue in Poland. And it has become even more of an issue since so-called black protests started. A societal opposition towards every attempt to limit access to abortion in Poland. Each of those faced a very huge societal oppression and eventually those legislations did not came into force. However, it was not until 22nd of October. It was then that the Constitutional Tribunal of Poland passed a verdict in which it was no longer possible for Polish women to carry out abortion in case of fetal impairment. Before the abortion laws in Poland were one of the strictest in Europe, so there were three cases when women could carry out abortion, meaningly when she was raped, when there was a fetal impairment, or when her life or physical health was in danger. However, as this verdict was passed and eventually came into force, women were deprived of one of those rights to carry abortion in case of fetal impairment. Since the publication of this verdict, mass protests started. There were thousands of people, both in big and in small cities, showing their disagreement with what was going on with abortion rights. Sadly, even after passing of this verdict, there are still people like Kaya Godek. Recently, she has said that women who have been raped also should not be able to have access to abortion. This is a very, very sad issue because now our country is the only country in the European Union with such strict abortion rights. Because of that, about 10 to 50% of Polish women seek abortion in neighboring countries because of such huge restrictions in their own country. Well, um, yeah, that's, that sounds, sounds quite dire. Um, yeah. yeah, it is quite tough. Um, I mean, also what we can say is that before this new law, 97% of legal abortions were carried because of this rule of the fetal impairment. So now if they removed it, it's like virtually they removed any possibility to have a legal abortion. It's mm-hmm. yeah, only in some extreme cases. And if they want to restrict it s- still even further, I just can't imagine how 
you know, how nerve-wracking the situation must be. And in you must live in so much fear knowing that you have no way out. It's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, also, I feel like, I mean, as uh, Carolina said in the recording, uh, m uh, many women are looking abroad to to get abortions, but that's probably only the people who can afford this. So, I don't know. Also, I think of all the women who don't don't even have the chance to maybe even try somewhere else, and then they're just forced to carry the the pre pre pregnancy uh, full term, and then and then what? Yeah, exactly. I mean, to me, what I, always, what I always think about is that, you know, abortion laws, they do not stop abortions. They just stop safe abortions. Um, because, yeah, if, if someone really, really does not want to have a child, they will find a way to not have this child anymore. So it's just, uh, it's, I, I, can, I, I can already foresee that a lot of women will not only, there will not only be a lot more unwanted children, but there are also a lot of women who suffer very, 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 very harmful health issues because of potentially getting unsafe abortions because now you, there's no other option. Oh, this is horrible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, still, there's also the, the case that um, medical professionals can say that carrying out even the legal abortion is not in line with their moral values or religious convictions and they can refuse. So even before that, even if you had a legal right to do it, you could still have problems. It's it's just an absurd situation. And um, yeah, especially if you don't have the means to go abroad and have your abortion. Um, yeah, I just can't imagine what you have to go through. Um, Seriously. Wow. And for, yeah, and I bet also, for example, in the case of rape, which is also like, I mean, it's also already difficult to, to prove and uh, I don't know. I mean, if the laws are already so misogynistic, I bet also this kind of law is not uh, really protecting women in this sense. So even if you're going to go for that, it's probably also super difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to you need to have a proof um, from the prosecutor and all of that. And it's, of course, taking a long time. And with pregnancy, you can't wait. You just you don't want to be pregnant. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I understand even even past abortion. I mean, it's it, like I can I already see where where it might even lead. I know there are some states in the United States where um, a rapist can sue for for fought for rights and custody of the child that is a result of rape, which is just I can foresee that this is something that could potentially happen if this is already the way that things are going. Um, but let's talk. But, but what happened? Do you know more about the about the protests? I uh, want to discuss like what there was. A, I would like to know more about the background and you know what potentially may have happened after the protests. Yeah. So the protests started in October when the the, the court issued the decision. So they said that this rule should be removed because it's not constitutional. It's not in line with the protection of life, which is in the constitution. Um, and then we had all those protests and they lasted for, uh, I don't know, like some weeks they lasted. So still the verdict was not published. Um, and at some point, of course, people, you know, there weren't so many people on the streets anymore. People needed to go back to their normal lives. Um, and that's when the verdict was eventually published and it just became law. Um, so, yeah, now people are still, you know, trying to get it back, protest, um, but it just became the reality um, and I, I think now what organizations are mostly doing is just to provide access to safe abortion abroad um, or you know the pharmaceutical abortions anyway to just still be able to give people um, the help that they really need 
Um, so yeah, I think what we we just have to wait for the government to change so that the laws mm, are removed because yeah, the situation is kind of hopeless <laughs> if if you ask me. Oh, that is that is so that's so that's horrible to hear. Honestly, absolutely mm. horrible. Uh, yeah, I guess it's, now is about a good time to start going into our next song, which I think you could introduce because you know the Polish and you know what the song is about, actually. Yeah, so actually this song is in English, um, so uh, you can understand a bit more of this one. Nice. Um, and it, but it's by, by a Polish artist and it's about Warsaw, the capital, um, and a bit about the melancholic atmosphere there, and especially in autumn. Right. Nice. Well, yes, so the song is um, by the artist Brodska, Brodka, and the song is called Warsawia. That pronounced yeah. correctly? Oh, nice. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> I'm glad I pronounced that well. All right. Um, audience, uh, hope you all enjoy the song Varsovia by Brodka. I fell in love with a city At first sight it looked pretty We used to share the same love for grace
Yes, you just heard Varsovia by Brodka, um, beautiful song by a Polish musician. Um, and yeah, we are here, here um, talking with uh, Alicia, with Alicia, and uh, with just another recording from Carolina talking about the LGBT situation in Poland. Um, yeah, uh, listen in. The state of the LGBTQ plus rights in Poland is also not a very good one. And it is mainly because of the huge influence of the Catholic Church and media propaganda that supports rhetorics of current ruling party. Because of this fact, people from, from this community face discrimination, societal and legal problems on a daily basis. Even according to ILJA Europe's 2021 report, the status of LGBTQ plus rights in Poland is the worst among all the European Union countries. Because of all those matters, LGBT community faces legal problems that are related to health services or societal problems, for example, the fact that hate crimes and hate speech towards LGBTQ plus community is not sanctioned in any way in Polish law. Last of such matters may be the Article 18 of the Polish Constitution, which states that marriage is a union of men and women. Therefore, the judiciary organs in Poland that are also, by the way, influenced by the current ruling party stated that it is not possible for same-sex couples to have marriage because it contradicts the constitution. And in order for that to happen and for that to be legal, firstly, the constitution of Poland must be amended. So as you can see, those issues are truly complex and they must be catered for uh, because otherwise the state of the LGBTQ plus community and their rights will only worsen and worsen. Now Alicia will tell you more about specific events that are related to LGBTQ plus rights and matters in Poland. Wow, thank you, Carolina, um, from afar for this recording. Um, but Licia, please tell us. Licia, please tell us more about this. Um, yeah. So the first case that I wanted to talk about is actually one that was very much. Um, yeah, it was very. It was very well um, promoted by Amnesty um, because they took kind of in defense the activist in that case. Um, so what had happened is that there were three activists who distributed posters and flyers. Um, with uh, Virgin Mary um, with a rainbow halo um, and well they were put in court um, because of supposedly offending religious feelings and actually this can get you up to two years in jail um, so yeah they were they were on trial for this um, they were acquitted in the end However, now the case has been reopened because somebody as the prosecutor's office has appealed. So now it went to a higher rank of court and it's going to be still prosecuted, which, you know, it's, it's absurd. Like you put a rainbow on a religious painting and it's suddenly a blasphemy or something like this. Seriously. Well, also, yeah. the idea of blasphemy being illegal. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I think about, you know, how in, there are certain 
people, there's certain press um, organizations and certain media organizations where they've published certain um, things depicting um, the Prophet Muhammad in very disrespectful ways, but no one is going to get yeah. be arrested for that, even though it is also, you know, it's also blasphemy for if you're in, if you're for, for Islam. So why is it, this is no. this is just ridiculous to me? Seriously, always. Always the Catholic Church, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, okay. I, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I, I, I will say it. This is my opinion again. <laughs> I always express some uh, some opinions of, on here. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's ridiculous. Like also, how is it possible? Why, why would it be like this in Poland? You know, I'm pretty sure that even if you go to the Vatican City and you do that, you're not going to end up in jail. Yeah, true. I mean, also what is absurd is just that they consider a rainbow an offense or something. Like it's it's a symbol. It's just a rainbow. Well, how do you feel offended by this? Like if you see a if you see a rainbow after it rains, what is God offending you now? Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's just ridiculous. But I also understand um, another situation that has been um, publicized quite a lot is the idea of these LGBT free zones in Poland. Yes, exactly. That was also um, a huge case. Um, so basically what it was is that first Warsaw, the capital, was declared an LGBT-friendly zone. Mm. Um, basically, you know, to improve the conditions, the rights, the education about it. Um, and then in response, those conservative environments were saying that, you know, this is promoting bad values or bad morals and it's against the tradition. So they declared themselves anti-LGBT or this quote-unquote ideology that they, yeah, they say it's an ideology. Mm. Um and you know those municipalities could just declare that they are free from lgbt um and in the end one one third of the territory of poland was actually under those kinds of declarations and it's not like they're legally binding or something but it just sends a really bad message you know it just sends the message to you that you're not welcome here and that you better not show that you're from the lgbtq plus community because otherwise you will have bad consequences and i just can't imagine how it is to life in such a hostile environment. Um, yeah, it just promotes, you know, hate speech, discrimination. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just sounds like United States 40, 50 years ago, before Stonewall, when gay people, when, like in New York City, it was literally illegal. Like for so trans people, basically, you had to be wearing clothes, all of your clothes. You had to be, if you were wearing more than one article of clothing that wasn't necessarily associated with your sex as assigned at birth, then you could be arrested. Um, and this is what it sounds like it's going with, with this with this kind of laws are going to when it just leads to people having to go back into a closet having to sneak around to in order to just you know fulfill literal human needs mm. oh this is horrendous yeah yeah and also is. the fact that they think it's an ideology yeah I mean yeah. yeah and it's just that you know this whole narrative is promoted by the highest politicians like the president was saying stuff like this in his campaign for re-election and he was talking about how the LGBT ideology is more dangerous than communism or that it's the new fascism and it's just a complete absurd and uh, yeah but somehow they managed to talk stuff like this and get not punished for it. I don't understand that how people don't understand that words have meanings. Seriously. Like yeah um <laughs> What else? What else? What other? What other, what, else, what other things that are there that are that are affecting LGBT people in Poland? Yeah. So I mean, I touched upon the presentation campaign, which was also highly homophobic and and just. Uh, so the the president was talking about how he pledges to protect family values and children from demoralization, um, and is just also 
there's a lot of organizations that are like ultra conservative and because there's no legal protection of LGBTQ plus individuals, like you can't say that it is a hate crime. Like, it's not going to be prosecuted. It's just no legal protection. They can say anything and you have basically no legal means to fight. So there is this one um, foundation that just sends trucks into the city with just discriminatory homophobic banners, you know, they're spreading those messages through the loudspeakers that LGBTQ plus community are pedophiles and they want to demoralize children, all sorts of stuff that is just absurd. Um, and then and then an activist actually vandalized one of those trucks because what else should they do, you know, there's no legal way to fight. Um, and then they were arrested. Um, this also sparked actually huge protests that was in August 2020. Um, but yeah, then there was actually also high levels of police violence that that we didn't see before. Um, oh. So yeah, it's a it's just a very sad moment at the time. I think that leads really well into what we're going to talk about after our next song, um, which is going to be media and judiciary and judiciary freedom. Pardon me. Um, but before that, we have to go to a song, of course. Um, please introduce the song. Um, yeah. So the song is by Barbara Wronska and Michał Spak, um, and it was actually it was actually launched in the time of the protest a bit, um, and it's about hate speech and how speech and you know discrimination in words leads to physical violence. Um, so yeah, I think it's very much related to the topic. Oh, thank you very much for introducing for that introduction. Um, so the song is called Zanim. Hope you enjoy.
And welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht. Uh, we just listened to uh, Zanim by Barbara Vronska and uh, Michal Spak. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is RTV Maastricht 107.5. And today we are having an episode in co- cooperation with Zabobon. And we have here Alicia from Zabobon and Zaki, our ever loyal tech. Hi. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, we're going to listen to the next recording by uh, Carolina, uh, who couldn't join us today, unfortunately, in the studio, but was kind enough to send us some very informative uh, recordings. And uh, this will be about uh, media and judiciary freedom. So let's listen. The issues concerning judiciary system in Poland are also very broad and very complex, but I would try to speak briefly about, to my mind, the most important ones people should know about. So the first event is so-called the Polish constitutional crisis of 2015. In Poland, we have this institution that is called the Polish Constitutional Tribunal, that is basically to guard whether the laws that are passed in the Polish parliament are in accordance with the Polish constitution. So this is definitely a core organ of our judiciary system and one of the most important ones. And now, what was the fuss all about? Well, basically, uh, this crisis happened alongside with the transition of presidential power to law and justice party, which is also the current ruling party still. Basically, three judges' terms were due to end after the election. Because of that, the civic platform wanted to secure seats in this organization. They elected not three, but five judges in advance. However, in the Polish system, it is the president that lets judges to basically serve in this um, institution. And of course, Andrzej Duda, so the newly elected president, refused to admit those judges. However, uh, when law and justice took power, they nominated another set of five judges as well. And the Constitutional Tribunal, of course, refused to include them. It was then that the, the mass protest started, because it was obviously a violation of the rule of law. And it was also then that, for example, the creation of famous committee for the defense of democracy took place. But unfortunately, the violations of law still continued. I hope my speeches were interesting to our audience and I'm looking forward to the next time. We're looking forward also to hearing more about this. But yeah, this is really a mess. So the president appointed was supposed to appoint these judges but refused to and then appointed other judges who without any input from the rest of the people I guess that's what it sounds like at least yeah I mean it was quite complicated and a lot of unlawful moves um, happened during the time but um, you know so the the party that's in part and in, in power now um, took hold of the power in 2015 and through the years they just you know gradually grabbed this institution in such a way that at the moment there's only one judge out of 15 on this court that is not dependent on the party and you know it even came to the absurd that two of the judges are actually party members it's just yeah it's not an independent court in any way Um, and it's actually a very important institution it's a very important check on the executive power uh, but virtually now it's just removed and it just takes decisions that are 
in line with what the party wants. Uh, I mean, also the decision, for example, about the abortion rights was made by this court. So you can see that it's not an independent court at all. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wow. It, I mean, it's funny I'm seeing, hearing all of these, seeing all of these parallels between what's happening in Poland and what happened in the United States. But to, I mean, just like for, if there's, it, it sounds to me a lot how, like how when Obama was president and nominated one person to the Supreme Court because it was space free and no, the Congress refused to vote on it. And then later, when Trump, when Trump was president, there was one person who he appointed and they voted on it. And then even though there were, and then there was another person who Congress literally appointed a few days before the election. And that was the same excuse that they used for not appointing the person that Obama had appointed towards the court. So, mm. yeah, it sounds it, there's a lot of really interesting parallels happening, I find. Huh. Yeah, I also feel like there's a lot of parallels to Hungary at the moment. So if anyone is following what's going on in Hungary, it's it's quite similar. Maybe we are just a little bit not, you know, we're not maybe that far as Hungary is going. But yeah, we are heading in that direction for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, what, what else is happening with the media, though? Because I understand there, yeah, there is a lot of ha- things happening and also the, the press in Poland, what's happening. Yes. Yeah, so um, so we have uh, state broadcasters, of course, for TV and radio. Um, and soon after the, the party um, was elected, they enacted a lot of laws that gave them a lot of control over the state broadcasters. And uh, yeah, with in a very short time, a lot of journalists were fired or they left because they just didn't agree with what content they were supposed to promote uh, on the media. And they, you know, they wanted to be critical of what the government is doing. Um, but of course, that the party didn't like that. Um, so at the moment, the state TV is just truly a propaganda machine. Um, I, I really hate watching it, but sometimes I just, you know, want to check what they are actually saying. Um, and it's complete nonsense. It's not objective at all. Um, it's just praising what the government is doing, you know, always critical to the EU, um, talking about those abortion protests. They were portraying the protesters in an extremely negative light. You know, they're just some kind of vandals on the streets that are demanding abortions for everybody. I don't know, everywhere. <laughs> just absurd stuff. Um, also, yeah, the LGBTQ plus community also, they're always, if there is a pride, they would, you know, pick people that are the most controversial or just doing something that will portray the whole community in a really bad light. Um, Yeah, but unfortunately for many people, that's the main source of information. So while the young people maybe go on the internet, use other media, for people from smaller towns or maybe older people, this is the main source that they get their information from. Um, And I mean, it's also very useful for them when election is coming because then they can really put forward the message that they want um, and it's helping them a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. And it's, I mean, it's certainly worked out in their favor for the past few years, um, but it's really not working well for, I guess, the people in general at all. Um, but what happened in, uh, so I understand that in, there was uh, the Constitutional Tribunal in 2020. Can you can you elaborate more on this topic, actually? Uh, as, he has mentioned, as he has mentioned on our planning, that uh, as one point, um, yeah. Um, well, the Constitutional Tribunal, uh, no, uh, no, that was actually 2015 mostly. I mean, it, it was happening through the years. Um, but, but I think what we wanted to talk about was the, the takeover of the press uh, uh. as well. Yeah, what happened was that they used a state-owned company to buy shares in a media outlet that has a, yeah, I mean, they own a lot of newspapers, mostly local ones. So then... Uh, there was, you know, people were trying to protest it and stuff, but in the end it went through. So the state-owned company 
owns the media outlets and they are just producing again articles that are just very far favorable to the party um, and basically they're copying the same content in all of those newspapers and oh wow oh wow yeah um yeah, yeah and also independent media have way less access to like you know support from the state funds it's really difficult for them so yeah, yeah it's really not looking good this is really really bad i mean I, uh, is there any kind of what do you what what do you think people can potentially do in order to help improve the situation? Well, I mean, first of all, I think it's important that people also abroad know about the situation. Um, of course, you know, there's was many many um, there's many campaigns and and stuff that people were trying to do, for example, for the EU to intervene, but it never really worked. But I mean, information is the key. You know, if nobody's keeping them in check, then um, they can do whatever they want. Um, and yeah, what, what I think now the way is just to try to fight this propaganda and all those lies in the media and tell people what is the truth. And hopefully, you know, in, in the future when younger people can vote, elections are coming and maybe change is coming as well. Yeah, true. Well, I think, well, now it's about time to actually go to our next song, um, second to last song, before we go to our closing. Um, but uh, this is, uh, yeah, please introduce the song. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> yeah, so it's a song by T-Love, and it's called um, Nye Nye Nye, which means no, no, no. And it's basically a song against hatred and how life is just too short to hate and we should fight it and just, you know, love people. <laughs> That is a message I can definitely get behind. Um, so here is Nye 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 by T-Love. Hope you all enjoy. Sam, tak, 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 za dużo dzieci nie ma już. 
Welcome back to Student Radio Maastricht on RTV Maastricht 107.5 FM. I'm here in the studio with Alicia. Yes, hello. Hello. And we also have Elena, who is co-hosting this show. Um, you're here with um, Alicia. You're here representing uh, Zabobon, which is in a local group that is um, with, working with Amnesty about many issues that are going on in Poland right now. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else, any last thoughts or words to say to our audience before we have before we actually end the show? Yeah, um, I mean, for sure, you know, follow what we are doing. Um, it's on Instagram. We are called cot.zabobon. And if you forget it, you can just go on the student radio and you can find the announcement about our show and then you can find us easily. And there you can find out about a lot more issues that are going on in Poland and the events that we are organizing, all the campaigns. So, yeah, definitely look out for those. Um, we, are also, we also have podcasts planned about those specific issues where we go more in depth. So, yes, definitely check it out. Are you planning uh, anything uh, in person? Yes, we, we do plan that. Um, till now we couldn't really because of the, of the restrictions, of course, but we want to do in-person events as well and, you know, maybe give some good Polish food to people who show up. So Pierogi. I, yes. I, I, I am personally a fan of pierogi. They are very nice. I live for pierogi. That's it. That's it. That's the only reason why I had this show. <laughs> I was promised pierogi. <laughs> no, no. I wasn't not. promised. I wasn't promised pierogi. Yeah. Well, don't know what to say. <laughs> no, you're invited too, definitely. I thank you very much. Thank you very much. And thank you actually so much for actually coming here and discussing this with us. Really means a lot. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and thanks also to Carolina who sent us the recordings. Uh, even though she couldn't be here, I think that was unfortunate. But uh, yeah. It was yes. good that she could contribute anyway. Yes. And also thank you, Rafa, um, old <laughs> collaborator. But, you know, thank you for also, you know, planning this as well, helping a lot, you know, sending me the files, everything that you need, that we needed. Yeah. But to close, yeah, it's now time for our cultural agenda. Um, yeah. Um, well, cultural agenda, we have, well, uh, study buddies weekly. Uh, so you can uh, check out uh, Katinka's uh, page and then you can go study at the Masters on Mondays and Tuesdays. Also, this weekend, uh, La Foundation is organizing a cleanup along the Mass. Ooh. So that's good. Also, to understand that this Saturday eh, is yes. Pride Maastricht. I will not be there because I have to work for like 12 hours that day. Oh, well. Yeah. It's okay. Money, m- money is, my own, is my own form of pride. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. the protest is at the Grind, if at I'm not Grind, mistaken. Yes. It's exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. Um, in addition to that, um, we also have um, our own podcasts. Um, so this, uh, so we have Queering This Perspective with Bella Bellissima, um, which is on our SoundCloud and on, the, on their SoundCloud as well. Um, we also have um, Refugee Radio through Refugee Project Maastricht, which you can find on our SoundCloud. Um, hope you all enjoy. Uh, so yeah, to, that's yeah. Thank you RTV for hosting us. Thank you, thank you, our, thank you, thank you Alicia for coming here. Um, and yeah, it's time to close with a song, which is Ne is Ne, or No is No, by Benta and Man. Hope you'll enjoy. Ne is Ne, je hebt geen kans, welk deel versta je niet? Ik ben alleen maar aan het rennen, kan je dat niet zien? Denk je nou echt dat je dit kan? Ik ben privégebied. Laat me met rust, ik ken je niet. Waarom verbaast het me niet dat je tegen me praat? Tijdens de vlucht naar je vrienden zoek je vast weer een sterk verhaal. Nee, het verbaast me niet. Heb het zo vaak gezien. Oh, 
Je plek is onderaan, ik ben de 